Hi, I'm Ryan McAdam, and you're listening to the Bedtime Story Podcast. I love you, now go to sleep. These are bedtime stories I tell my kids, usually made up on the fly. The stories are about the adventures of a magical pink winged unicorn named Astro, who was made up by my daughter. I hope you enjoy them. We have fun making them. If you like the podcast, be sure to give it a rating wherever you're listening. And with that, let's begin. How's everybody doing? <coughs> Not great. All the octonauts were in pesos, sick bay. All of them with coughs, fevers, and bumps all over their skin. The bumps were red and small, but they were super itchy. But nobody could itch because everyone was too tired. The vegimals were sick. Professor Inkling was sick. Tweak was sick. Quasi was sick. It was a disaster. Peso thought, Captain, we need to get medicine for them. What I have here on the ship isn't good enough. We need to get special medicine to make all the aquanuts better. What do we need, Peso? said Captain Barnacle. I think we need special jellyfish jellyfish jelly. If we can get special jellyfish jelly, I can make a medicine that will make everybody better. Special jellyfish jelly, hmm? Can't we just use regular jellyfishes? No, Captain, we need special jellyfishes. Yellow glowing jellyfishes. They don't even live in the sea. They live on tiny ponds, on tiny secret islands. Blimey, said Quasi weakly. I got a map of all the secret islands. You can use it if you want. We're going to need more than just your map, said Dashy. We're also going to need magical help. What kind of magical help? If we're going after you jellyfish, yellow jellyfish, we're going to need help from True and some of her wishes. We need to contact True and Barnaby. I'll do it, said Captain Barnacle. Captain Barnacle used his calm and contacted True and Barnaby both of which were very willing to come help their friends. As quick as they could... Barnaby was sick. Hang on, just wait. True and Barnaby came to the octopod. Barnaby was drinking a can of 7-Up, going, Mmm, I love my 7-Up, it's so delicious. He crumpled up the can, tossed it to the side, and then took another one out of his satchel and started to drink it. True said, Barnaby, you're going to waste so much... Uh, you're going to make so much garbage if you keep drinking those things, Barnaby said. But they're so good. The door opened. Captain Barnacles walked in and said, True, Barnaby, so glad you could make it. What seems to be the problem? Said True. Everyone here is sick, and I'm told that we can only make them better if we make medicine from special yellow jellyfish that need magic to create the jelly. True said, Oh, okay, we have a wish that can help magic jellyfishes make jelly. Barnaby, do you know which wish we're supposed to use? Barnaby wasn't there. He disappeared. He had started wandering around the ship. He was all sugared up from his can of 7-Up. He went into the sick bay, walked right in. Everyone was going, <coughs> Barnaby said, hey, what's everybody doing in here? Then Peso said, Barnaby, you can't be in here. You might catch a cold. Just at that moment, a vegetable who was standing, who was laying in a bed right next to Barnaby, went, <laughs> sneezed right on Barnaby. Barnaby went, ow! It sneezed all over me. Quasi said, now you done it, mate. You're going to get sick like the rest of us. You're going to be, you're going to be going to Davy Jones' locker. Barnaby said, I'm not going to get sick. I feel full. I don't feel so good. <laughs> Peso said, Barnaby, take a seat. Barnaby sat in the chair and went, Bleh. 
Immediately, Barnaby started to break out in spots. Oh, we've got to get you into a bed, said Peso. Peso got him on a gurney and wheeled him next to all the other sick aquanauts. True and Captain Barnacle came in, along with Dashie. True said, Barnaby, what's going on? Barnaby said, I got sick. I shouldn't have left. I got so sugared up on the drinks I just wanted to explore, and now I got sick because the vegetable sneezed on me. It's his fault. The vegetable tried to rebuttal, but was too weak to say anything beyond that. True said, don't you worry, Barnaby. We're going to go get that medicine, and we're going to make you all better. Peso said, I have to go with you. Everybody here is going to have to stay and take care of themselves. Luckily, there was one Vegemal left that wasn't sick, and that Vegemal was wearing a face mask and gloves. He wasn't taking any chances. Peso said, Vegemal, you need to take care of everyone while I'm gone. The Vegemal said, from behind his mask. Peso said, okay. Peso, Captain Barnacle, True, and Dashy all got into a gup swam off to one of the secret islands that Quasi had shown on the map. Coming up to the island, they got out and walked on shore. It wasn't a very far walk until they came to a small pond on a desert island that was wreathed in green grass and beautiful flowers and strange stones. Four stones, tall, pointy, taller than Captain Barnacle by at least two or three times his height. Look, I can see them in the pond, said Peso. There they were, jellyfish, yellow jellyfish, swimming in a circle. Circle, very slowly. Okay, well, how do we get them to make jelly, said Dashy. True said, with this wish. She pulled a wish out of her backpack. The wish was a magic wish. It made lightning power. The wish was a fuzzy little yellow guy with a happy face, but when he turned into his lightning power, he went with energy. True put him above the water, above the jellyfish, and he let electrical power flow through the water and into the jellyfish. The jellyfish swam faster and faster and faster and faster and faster until something happened that no one expected. The jellyfish were swimming so fast that they made a yellow portal. This yellow portal was unlike any yellow portal they had ever seen before. True, or Barnaby, or uh, not Barnaby, True, Dashy, Captain Barnacle, uh, Peso. It was some sort of magic portal that had suction power. Before they could do anything, they were all sucked into a swirling vortex. Into the pond they went, but they didn't get wet, because the portal was keeping them uh, from passing through the water. The portal pulled them. The tunnel was deep and long. As they went through the tunnel, it began to change color. It began to become blue. They could see that they were about to come out on the other side, and they did. Pop, 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 pop. All four of them came out. And to their surprise, they landed in snow. Where are we, said Peso. I'm not sure, said Captain Barnacle. Looking around, they couldn't see much other than snow. True said, this isn't right. Those jellyfish... They don't make portals. How did that happen? Dashy said, well, I'm not sure, but we need to figure out how to get back, and we need to figure out how to get that jelly. Portal was closed. And so they knew they would have to look around and find something to open it back up. 
before they noticed anything, before they could, before they even began to look, Dashi immediately noticed them. He said, look, there's tracks in the snow. Not from us, but from someone else who's been there before, wherever this is. It was lightly snowing. There were pine trees covered in snow. The sky was cloudy, but still beautiful. And there were indeed tracks. Well, let's follow him, said Dashi. Maybe someone can help us open this portal back and we can get back home and get what we need to help our friends. They followed the tracks, and just over the hill they came across the most peculiar little town they had ever seen. It was a town that looked familiar as any other town might, with little tiny homes, wood-burning stoves, a little town center, trees, everything covered in a light dusting, but there's something just didn't seem right. There were no people in the town, and the town itself seemed strange. Let's go take a look, said Captain Barnacle. The four walked into town. Again, the streets were empty. And that's when Dashy realized what was strange about the town. The town was made of aluminum. Everything was made of painted aluminum. The buildings were made of metal. The street signs were made of metal. Everything was made of painted metal. They almost looked like cheap Christmas decorations. Even the trees look like metal, said Peso. They do indeed, said Captain Barnacle. What is this place? Just as soon as Captain Barnacle finished that thought, they heard a noise. It was the sound of metal. And it was squeaky and stiff. They could hear it coming from behind one of the buildings. To their great surprise, out from behind one of the buildings came what looked like a soldier. A vest, white pants, black shoes, a hat, almost like a drum with a feather at the top. He had white hair and you could see big teeth. But if like everything else, this soldier seemed strange because he was made of aluminum or tin, I'm not really sure. And he was walking very stiffly. His joints didn't move at the elbows or the knees, so he was straight-legged and straight-armed. He walked right up to the four and said, Who goes there? Who are you? The three friends were scared, but Captain Barnacle was used to these kind of situations. He said, I am Captain Barnacle of the Aquanauts. We are here because we got lost in a yellow portal while trying to find medicine for our sick friends. The tin soldier said, Oh, I see. You came through that yellow portal we saw. All the townspeople were scared because we thought it was the business wolf again. Captain Barnacle said, What is a business wolf? A fierce creature that comes to our town and steals its people. That sounds awful, said Dashy. Why does he do that? That's a story for another time, but we're glad you're not here to take our townspeople. Everybody come out! Slowly, ten people came out of everywhere, out of houses, from behind bushes, from their different hiding places. All of these ten people with stiff joints came out to say hello. And hello, they did say. They were excited to meet these new visitors. Captain Barnacle said, we need help getting back through the yellow portal. Do you know how to open it? The soldiers said, yes. We have one way to open that portal, using a magic scepter we keep in the mayor's office. He, Captain Barnacle said, although I'd love to say and get to know you, we need to get back to help our friends. Can we get that scepter from you? The soldier said, of course, follow me. As they began to walk through the town center, all the people stared in amazement at these creatures that were not made of metal. And then there was a cry. Someone said, the business wolf is coming. The business wolf. 
He had some sort of a floating machine for propellers that kept him in the air. Suspended underneath this flying machine was a huge disc attached to some sort of a wire, cable, or rope. And the disc seemed to hum. Everybody yelled and went, run, run. Captain Barnacle said, what's happening? The soldier said, it's the business wolf, run. But it was too late. The business wolf swooped down in his magical machine, the disc hovering low to the ground, humming loudly. Every time it went next to a town's member, the town's member was sucked up and stuck to the disc. It was picking up townspeople left and right, and then, as it swung right on top of the aquanauts, the friend the tin soldier was also sucked up as well. He stuck to the disc, along with other townspeople. Dashie said, he seems to have some kind of magnet. That's why he's not getting us. He can only get the townspeople, said Captain Barnacle. We have to help them. But it was too late. The business wolf swooped away. The townspeople were frazzled. Captain Barnacle said, townspeople, tell us what has happened. An older tin man came up and said, that was the business wolf. He steals the townspeople and takes them away to his factory. He melts us down and turns us into soda pop cans and tinfoil, which he sells. We don't know why, and we don't know to who. Captain Barnacle said, oh, that's awful. We have to help. The townsmen people said, we would love your help. Besides, the tin soldier is the only one who can use the scepter. He's your only way home. Dashie said, oh, we gotta go then. We gotta save him before he turns them into soda pop cans. Quasi said, and I have to help the best I can. I, I don't know how to help people made of tin, but I am a doctor and I will do my best. True said, me too. How do we get to the business wolf? You must go that way. The old tin man pointed to the hills. True said, no problem. She pulled a wish out of her back. She had a friend who would make clouds that they would fly on, Astro, and she brought a wish that would do the same thing. The wish turned into a cloud. They all jumped on. They zoomed on their magic cloud up over the hill, and on the other side was a massive factory. Black smoke billowing out of the pipes, or out of the smokestacks. Pipes running along, here and there, carrying who's no, who knows what through their, through their intricate networks. Look, said Captain Barnacle. Off in the distance, they could see the business wolf's helicopter-type magical machine lowering to a pad, dropping off all of the townspeople from Magnet into a big um, funnel. We have to get to them. We have to get to them now. They raced their cloud to the factory. By the time they had gotten to where the people had been deposited, the business wolf had left, and the funnel had been closed. How do we get inside, said Dashy. We're going to have to go in through one of those doors, uh, said Captain Barnacles. True tried to open the door. She said, it's locked. Maybe we can get to it from the inside. Captain Barnacle pulled open an air hatch, or not an air hatch, uh, a vent on the side of the door and said, Peso, can you get in there and unlock the door? Peso said, I sure can. He hopped up, pulled himself into the vent, pulled himself through the ducting, and then came on the other side of the door and opened it. Everybody got in. It was dark, it was smelly, and it was kind of scary on the inside of the factory. They went down a long flight of stairs till they came to the main factory floor. To their amazement, they saw tons and tons of soda cans being made. Dashie went, oh no, all these soda cans were the townspeople once. 
Captain Barnacle said. It's horrible indeed. We have to save our friends before this happens. Look, said Peso. The soda cans were going through an intricate system, and they were being filled under a huge vat. The vat was nothing more than a ginormous energy drink. Oh, the business wolf is making energy drinks, and he's putting them in these cans. He must be selling them to some place, and those people must be drinking them and getting addicted, and then they're coming back some more. It's a vicious cycle indeed, said Captain Peso, or Captain Barnacle. Look, said Dashy. On the other end of the room, they saw a cage. They saw all their friends, the townspeople, and the soldier. They were all waiting in a cage to go through a schmelter, to be melted, and to be turned into soda cans. We've got to get to them now, said Captain Peso. I said Captain Barnacle. Peso said, allow me, Captain. Peso was a penguin. He was slippery. He got a running start, and then he slid. He slid fast, and he slid far, along the fracked factory floor. He went under the conveyor belts and the machinery without any issue. He slid all the way across the massive warehouse, all the way to the cell door. He said, psst, psst. And everyone in the cell went, oh, 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 who's there? The tin soldier looked down. Peso said, we're here to rescue you. The tin soldier said, great, push the button over there on the panel. Peso did, and the prison door opened. Just as that happened, the business wolf arrived. Who let my prisoners go? He had a jetpack on, because, you know, why not? He was floating around his factory, fire coming out the back of his backpack. You can't take my prize. I will make them into soda cans and energy drinks, which I will sell. And I will make a tidy profit. Captain Barnacle said, not today you won't. The business wolf said, I don't know who you are, but you've made a big mistake coming here. Get them. Out of nowhere came two giant gingerbread men. They were so tall, they would have blocked out the sun if they were outside, but they were inside the factory. They were quick, though, even for their size. The gingerbread men yelled, their frosting mouth open wide, their big jelly belly buttons on their shirts seemed to bulge with rippling um, under the stress of rippling gingerbread muscle. Captain Barnacle said, We've got to get rid of these gingerbread men. Men, distract them. The four friends ran around the room, the gingerbread men chasing them. Finally, Captain Barnacle said, Everyone, to the top, to the vat of the energy drink. Try to get them up there. Everyone ran and got to the top vat that was pumping um, juice into all of the cans. The gingerbread men followed. There was a bridge that went out over this giant vat of energy drink. All four friends were there. True and Peso, and Captain Barnacle, and uh, Dashy. Dashy said, What do we do now, Captain? Captain Barnacle said, Get ready. Uh, Get ready, True. And True said, Okay. As the gingerbread men approached, they climbed onto the bridge, one on each side, blocking off the escape of the four friends. The weight of the gingerbread men made the bridge shake and crumble a little bit. As the gingerbread men get closer and closer to the four friends, the bridge began to bow. Before long, the bridge started to give way. Captain Barnacle said, Now! True made her wish turn back into a cloud, and the four friends jumped on it, and they sped away. The gingerbread men, on the other hand, were too heavy. They couldn't get away. The bridge broke, and they both fell into the huge vat of energy drink. The business wolf said, No! But it was too late. The gingerbread men were wet, 
and they got soggy and they started to come apart. They turned back into doughy, gooey nastiness, and the problem with this is they started to clog all the tubes in the energy drink vat. Everything began to clog, and pressure started to build up. Spurts of energy drink started to squeeze from between the hoses. The conveyor belt started to jerk and seize up. The whole factory was coming apart. We've got to get out of here, says Captain Peso. Get over Captain Barnacle. Uh, We've got to get out of here, said Captain Barnacle. Captain Barnacle raced the cloud that True was driving over to all the townspeople. They all got on the cloud. The cloud was really heavy now, carrying all these metal people, but it could fly. Quick, out through the skylight. The cloud lifted all the people up to the ceiling, and they all went out a window on the roof. As they left the factory, they looked back. Everything started to explode. The factory was destroyed. But before it could be completely destroyed, Dashy noticed something. Captain, look! Off in the distance, the business wolf had escaped in his flying machine. His factory was destroyed, but he had gotten away. They returned to the townspeople. The townspeople were overjoyed to get their friends back, and to hear that the factory had been destroyed and the business wolf would not be coming back for them. Thank you, said the sin soldier. You are true friends. Let me get your scepter and we'll get you back home. With the scepter in hand, the soldier opened the yellow portal. The four friends said, we will come back. It was good to meet you. And then they jumped in the portal and left. They came out on the little island they had left. The jellyfish had slowed back down. But luckily, this magical process that they had gone through had forced them to make a bunch of jelly. Peso collected the jelly, and they were back in the gut before they knew it, back on the octopod. <coughs> Everybody was still really sick, but with the special magic jellyfish jelly, Peso made medicine. Everybody took the medicine, and their spots went away, their coughs went away, and all of them got better. They weren't sick anymore, and everybody was happy. They had saved the day, met new friends along the way, and saved a village made of metal people. It was a very good day. The end. Hi, I'm Ryan McAdam, and you're listening to the Bedtime Story Podcast. I love you. Now go to sleep. These are bedtime stories I tell my kids, usually made up on the fly, so yeah, they can be structurally kind of rough. The stories are about the adventures of a magical pink winged unicorn named Astro, who was made up by my daughter. To be fair, Astro is not always in the stories. Many of these adventures feature just my kids' favorite cartoon characters from whatever cartoon they are watching at the moment, but Astro was the genesis for these bedtime stories and this podcast. I record these stories on my phone in my kids' room, and it's common to have my daughters interject during the story to make sure the plot is going in their approved direction. Sometimes the stories are long and sometimes short. Sometimes I get really into the stories, and sometimes it's just been a long day. Sometimes these stories get rowdy, and sometimes these stories can even be a bit scary. Though I do my best to keep things on the up and up with my five-year-old and her younger sisters. I hope you enjoy them. We have fun making them, usually. If you like the podcast, be sure to give it a rating wherever you're listening. And with that, let's begin. <laughs>